Welcome once again to The Real Dirt. On today's Dirt, we talk about how to get a job in the cannabis industry. That's right. The holy grail, working as a grower, working as a bud tender, working as an extractor in the cannabis industry. Many of you out there have the dreams. Many of you out there living that dream. And that's what this episode is about. So we're going to talk about how to get a job in specific states, what to do, how to apply, how to make a resume. And we're also going to talk to our very own Travis Crane of Crane Style on how he moved from Pennsylvania all the way over here to Colorado to get a job in uh, the ancillary cannabis industry. So sit back and enjoy this episode of The Real Dirt. Welcome back, my friends. You've made it to once again another episode of the Real Dirt Podcast with Chip Baker. Today is a special episode because I'm talking about how to get paid. That's right. How to get a job. Many of you have asked. We all need one or two. I am a proponent of multiple jobs. I have several jobs. I've always had multiple jobs. My mom had multiple jobs. My dad always had some side stuff going on. Man, that's what you got to do in this world to get it together. You got to work hard and play harder. That's always been my motto. On today's episode, we're going to talk about many of the different states that have legalized cannabis in some form or another and some of their... Their hiring practices. Now, this might not be the easiest thing to find on the internet, and we are definitely not the one single source for all of this type of information. You know, you're going to have to call each one of these states that you're interested in. But, you know, we do have some good information on California and Oregon and Washington and, and, and several, several states. Also, if, uh, you know, you couldn't quite catch all this up, look for the download of our free guide. It's free, guys. All you have to do is download it on uh, how to get a job in the cannabis industry or what the regulations are. They vary quite a bit from state to state. It's one of the biggest growing industries, no pun intended, or pun intended, in the U.S. right now, in the world right now. and, And many, many, many people want to get in on the ground level. And, you know, there's all sides to the cannabis industry. Uh, There's the support side and the ancillary side and, you know, the ganja growing side, the trimmer side. And today we're also going to interview one of um, uh, Real Dirt's own, Travis Crane of Crane Style. Travis Crane manages the uh, social media and writes and much of the content for the Real Dirt and Cultivate Colorado. And we're going to have him on today to uh, talk about moving uh, to Colorado to get a job in uh, the support industry, the ancillary industry of the cannabis community. Sit back, relax, roll a large one up. And if you need any grow gear, go to Cultivate Colorado, cultivatecolorado.com. That's right. That's my grow store. We are one of the largest grow stores in the nation. I've actually just been doing some research and, you know, I've been told we're the third largest grow store in the nation. And we have a large portion of the commercial cannabis business uh, in the country. We've helped dozens and hundreds, hundreds of people with their grow rooms or with their grow room questions. If you have any questions, please stop by one of our two stores in Denver, Colorado, either at 666 Bucktail Boulevard or at 6400 East Stapleton Boulevard. And uh, yeah, man, ask to speak to Jimmy and he will be glad to help. Tell him you heard about it on The Real Dirt. And the chip said, hey, Jimmy, I want some growers potting soil. I heard about it on The Real Dirt. And Jimmy will say, oh, yeah, man, totally. I'll I'll help you out, bro. So on with the show. So like I said, I had a Travis Travis Crane style here. That's his nickname. One of his nicknames. You have some other nicknames, too, at the shop, don't you? Yes. Most people just call me Tuck. 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 Yeah, that's, that's my main name. Yeah. You might hear Tom singing it. Tuck. 
That's, that's Anytime he sees me, he makes up some new song with Tuck in it for some reason. <laughs> so, hey, if you go to Cultivate Colorado, ask for Tom and ask him to sing you the latest Tuck cut. Yeah, they're all cut. very good. Yeah, they're all very good. Tuck's been spending the past couple of weeks researching all the cannabis industry and researching um, for you at home uh, or in your car or on your bus or out in the ganja field on how to get a job in one of these other legal states. Tell us your story a little bit. Give me like you came from some other state. Where did you come from? Pennsylvania. You moved from Pennsylvania to Colorado solely to work in the cannabis industry. That's what you wanted to do, and that's what you did, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I can give you the long version or the short version. We want the 15-second version right now. 15-second version. Okay. Well, let's see. Started writing about cannabis my freshman year of college, was always looking for a way into the industry, but I was living in Virginia where I was going to school, so not very cannabis-friendly state there. You've hit the 15-second mark already. And now I'm in Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm I'm just fucking with Tuck here, but we're going to get more to his story a little later on. I just wanted to give a little teaser there. We're going to ask him some specific questions about moving to Colorado, moving to Denver, and, and how hard, hard hard it's going to be, and how how he struggled with his uh, newfound cannabis fascination. The struggle. The struggle is real. Well, the cannabis industry, it's one of the fastest growing industries in the world today. And it's anticipated to reach an excess of $50 billion as an industry by 2025. And we're quickly coming up on the cocktails of the, the coattails of the tobacco and the alcohol industry. Cocktails, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, now it, it, it's, it's the time to get involved. If you want to get a job in the cannabis industry right now, it's time to get involved. And whether it's uh, getting right into commercial grow setting or working behind the counter at a dispensary or working in an ancillary business, There's a vast array of opportunities uh, in the cannabis landscape, but you got to know how to look. That's right. Now, over half the country, more than 30 states have broadly legalized cannabis by some means, whether through decriminalization, a medical cannabis program, or full-blown legalization. And all of them have jobs everybody's hiring it's one of the largest industries like i said before there's over twenty thousand people in colorado alone that work in the cannabis industry and that's directly in the cannabis industry the uh, cannabis industry employment guide that uh, i spoke about earlier that you can download for free it'll serve you as your personal guide to understanding how to get into the industry of the state of your choice While this guide may not cover every state, it will cover the biggest industries and the fastest growing markets in cannabis, both recreational and medical. We hope this cannabis industry guide will help demystify some of the challenges of getting into the industry by showing you the requirements, restrictions, and specifications of the state's laws and how their respective markets operate. As the entire industry is run on a state level, this gives every state the option to try different policies, requirements, and license. Every single state is different. You'll need to know each of these differences, especially if you should decide to relocate from one state to the next or move from one cannabis job to a cannabis job in a new state. All right, we're going to kick the guide off with Colorado. What better way to kick it off with than a... Nice, nice dab. That's right. We got to get it, get it dabbed out for Colorado. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. Heat her up. Yeah. There we go. Got to make sure you heat it up. Yeah. Hot enough for two. All right. Low temp dab. That's what it's about. So working in the Colorado cannabis industry may seem like the safest option. After all, Colorado was the first state to legalize cannabis. Well, maybe not the first, but one of the first. And uh, their regulations, they, they've really done a great job. Honestly, I think every other state should have modeled their whole cannabis system after Colorado. They've done such a good job. Even if they could improve it, I really do think it's the best model. For the most part, Colorado really does have a well-regulated and monitored industry. But like any legal industry, it isn't perfect. The regulations change constantly, 
And as it stands now, there are some basic qualifications for getting into the cannabis industry. In order to work in the recreational cannabis industry legally in Colorado, you must obtain an MED badge. This can be done through a simple application process, but there are few requirements. In order to qualify for the application for an MED badge, you must have a pretty clean criminal record, which means you can't have any felonies in the past few years. Now, now this year number has changed. Maybe it's seven years. Maybe it's four years. We're really having a hard time finding that. If you've had a felony conviction in the past few years, you may still be able to work in the Colorado industry. And if it's a cannabis industry, it's usually overlooked. You can't owe the IRS any money, period. You cannot be affiliated with any organized crime, and you will be required to provide photos of any tattoos of your body. That's right. You cannot be a licensed physician, and you cannot be a member of law enforcement either. So this pretty much means like most of the world can still get a job in Colorado. The application process itself is relatively straightforward. There are two types of licenses that you can apply for. Key employees are employees in management or supervisory positions. Support employees are employees who don't make operational decisions. Both key and support employees fill out the same form. There's just a different uh, badge price, basically. One's for managers, one's for attenders, basically. Yeah, and, and one costs like a, a half as much as the other. Right. That's that's kind of that's that's one of the things you got to think about. You'll also need to prove that you're a Colorado resident. Now, that's it. This is one thing that's a, a specific in Colorado and a few other states is you have to prove that you're a resident here. And uh, that just requires a Colorado driver's license. You can apply without a Social Security number. But if you don't have one, you'll need to fill out a sworn affidavit on your Social Security number. And lastly, you'll have to go directly to an actual MED office to apply. So fill out your forms and the relevant information at home and make sure you bring everything with you. Now, hey, it's, it's really hard to look all this information up because they initially passed some regulations and then change it. So what I would really suggest is to call up one of the offices, either in, like, say, Longmont MED or Denver MED, and ask someone questions there. If you have some questions specifically about your felony record or all of your arrest records, how to obtain the records, how far back you go get, they can answer all those questions because the information really isn't straightforward online. But it's really easy to do. Uh, the Longmont MED is, is a really easy one to go to. You can usually just walk right in. Not hard to obtain residence here in Colorado. You, you can basically show up on Monday, get a, a, a water bill in your house and an electrical bill and go get a license. And Monday afternoon, you can apply for your job as a resident. It's not hard at all. California. Unlike Colorado, California does not require any sort of application process for a badge or certification to work in the legal cannabis industry. However, there are certification courses that aren't required, but they may have an advantage. There are plenty of hoops to jump through for the licensing process um, if you decide to start your own business there. But if you just want to work inside the industry, there's, there's very few regulations. Some of the local communities do not want felons working in the industry, but that's, uh, you'll just have to look into each one of those industries. If you are interested in working in California, check out the Bureau of Cannabis Control. It's the lead agency in regulating commercial cannabis license for medical and adult use cannabis in California. The Bureau is responsible for licensing retailers, distributors, testing labs, micro businesses, and temporary cannabis events. Also check out the Manufactured Cannabis Safety Branch. It's a division of the California Department of Public Health, and it's responsible for regulating manufacturers of cannabis-infused edibles for medical and non-medical use. Cal Cannabis Cultivation License is a division of California Department of Food and Agriculture, and it's responsible for licensing cultivators of medicinal and adult-use cannabis and implementation of track and trace systems. So if you're going to start a cannabis business, these are, you know, some of the agencies that you need to start talk to. But if you're just going to want to get a job, just roll up and start applying. 
Oregon, currently Oregon has two legal cannabis markets, recreational and medical. While the recreational market is quickly becoming vastly larger there, working the recreational license business requires a marijuana worker's permit issued by the Oregon Liquor Control Commission. To obtain the permit, workers must take an exam, pass a background check, and pay 100 bucks. Not too difficult over there. Working at a medical business, those regulated by the Oregon Health Authority under Oregon's nearly 20-year-old medical marijuana program, the OMMP, doesn't require a permit. However, some employees may complete a background check, and some may insist on hiring permit-holding workers only. So basically, if you want to work on a medical farm or get an oper- a job at a medical farm, you don't need to, by the state's laws, require, uh, get a work permit. But if on the adult use or recreational side, you're going to need that permit in Oregon. Applying for a marijuana work permit is relatively simple. You just need to do a few basic steps. To apply for an OLCC marijuana worker permit, applicants must be 21 years or older. After studying and completing the required exam, you must wait to hear from your results. Once accepted, an OLCC marijuana worker permit is valid for five years before it needs to be renewed. And applicants may be disqualified for any number of reasons, so don't fuck up once you get the job, man. Various prior felony convictions are typically cause for denial, although some marijuana offenses are accepted. All employees of marijuana producers must obtain a permit to work, and this includes the bud tender. Washington. You know, Washington's really simple. It's similar to Oregon, but there are no requirements to work in it. So if you want to work in the Washington cannabis industry, all you have to do is show up, find a job, and uh, hey, man, work hard, and you'll live long and prosper. Nevada. Working for a recreational cannabis business in Nevada requires what is called a registered agent card. The application process is extremely simple in Nevada. With a website portal dedicated to the process, you'll just need to go to the Marijuana Agent Portal, create an account, and complete the application. Other than the registration card, the only requirement for working in the industry in Nevada is followers. You just got to be 21 years of age or older, and you can't have been convicted of an excluded felony offense. So there's several felonies that you can still be convicted for and still get a job in Nevada. For the business owners, the Nevada State Department of Taxes handles all the licenses and the department's also responsible for the state's medical program. Massachusetts is another state that has recently legalized recreational cannabis use, but it has yet to set up any sort of strict employment guidelines or restrictions. This can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your situation. There's an emphasis on opening up employment opportunities for the industry who were negatively impacted by the previous laws. Those who were convicted of minor offenses involving cannabis, mainly poor people of color, will have had, have an advantage in the market. That's right. If you got busted slinging weed to your buddy, then they're going to like say, oh man, my bad. We'll give you a job. There's no required certification to work in a dispensary or in any other cannabis business. If you want to get into processing side or chemical engineering or scientific background is all that's required. Like other states without mandatory certification requirements, there's still optional courses that you might want to uh, complete if you ever decide to apply. Also, keep in mind with Massachusetts, recreational sales of cannabis have yet to begin, so all the hiring is coming in the future. Maine's in a similar position to Massachusetts. The people voted to legalize cannabis possession in 2017, allowing up to two and a half ounces for personal use. However, the current governor of Maine is very anti-cannabis. That's right. And he's vetoed numerous bills that's meant to move forward the legal market in Maine. While legislators have fought back for the people and overall most recent veto, the market won't open up this year. 
Maine is another state to keep an eye on, as once the marijuana market does open, there'll be a plethora of opportunity. Unfortunately, this might not be later on until 2019 or 2020, depending on how hard these politics are. With that said, it is not possible in Maine to work in the legal cannabis industry at this time because the industry doesn't really exist. It does, but people are just kind of like pushing it. For now, citizens of Maine can possess up to two and a half ounces and grow up to three flowering plants. Hmm, that's a lot. If you build up some growing experience, you might be able to get a job in the industry in a year or so when the business opportunities are really starting to open up. Vermont. While legal in Vermont, the bill that passed the law in 2017 did not include any plan for a regulated and taxed marketplace. So there's no legal cannabis businesses there yet. Due to this, Vermont is very similar to Washington, D.C., who also legalized possession, cultivation, and consumption with no required marketplace. This obviously causes some serious problems with people that have no legal place to go and use and buy their cannabis. This helps the private market thrive, however, and uh, if you're a home grower in Vermont, you might be doing pretty good today. Basically, the private market in Vermont can now operate without any impunities and through this loophole. As long as it's the case, don't expect to find any recreational cannabis jobs in Vermont. It would seem the main purpose of the legalization bill being passed, despite its problems, aimed to solely legalize cannabis in the state and not actually build an economy. Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia legalized cannabis in an almost identical way that Vermont did. So they legalized weed for cultivation and possession and consumption, but don't really have a distribution market. The plant counts for personal cultivation might be a little different there, but the state and the district are almost identical otherwise. Where Vermont has private market, where most business is done, D.C. has made moves into what would be called a gray market of legal cannabis, similar to what California did for almost 20 years. This is uh, part due to a gift donation aspect of the industry, enumeration or saying that you work for free like anybody works for free. Just like in Maine, however, D.C. citizens can grow cannabis and gift it to anybody. They can also receive a donation for the gift. <laughs> the people of the district have capitalized on the flaw in the bill and created an explosive cannabis delivery market. So... If you're interested in uh, uh, an interesting market, Washington, D.C., man, uh, a lot, big population and, and, and kind of a good unregulated place to do business. Now, you know what? We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to get into it with Travis Crane, Crane Style, about moving to Colorado and uh, getting in the cannabis business. All right. We'll be right back. Real dirt. And we're back. That's right. You know, Travis is here with me and he said, hey, man, we're going to roll something up for this interview. But Travis, he's still new to the weed a little bit. He can't quite handle it so well. So so you say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'll, I'll joke it aside, Travis. So, so Travis, uh, how did Real Dirt find you? Uh, so I guess technically I found the real dirt. Oh, how'd you find the real dirt? So let's see. At the time I was living in Pennsylvania. I just graduated from college, living at home. I was just doing random like freelance gigs, doing some public relations stuff, social media stuff for a couple businesses. I was just looking on job boards one day and one thing that we could probably touch on is the lack of platforms for cannabis-related jobs. Yeah, no doubt, right, right. Though it has gotten a lot better just since I moved out here with, like, Gondrepreneur and Hemp Staffers and all that mm -hmm. stuff. I can't remember if it was on Craigslist or Indeed or it was just some random job board, and I saw it was, like, a digital marketing internship or something like that. 
And I checked out the real dirt and I was like, oh, that's a like cannabis related business. And I will do basically anything to try to write about it at this point. So I end up reaching out to the person in charge at the time. And she told me that, uh, well, the internship is an in-house internship. So we have people in Denver who will be doing that. But since I had experience doing freelance writing and that kind of stuff already, she offered me the chance to basically take it as a remote micro internship while also freelance writing for the Real Dirt blog. So you found an opportunity and cold called it. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I applied. Did you email? Did you call? I'm sure I probably applied straight through the website and like sent over okay. my resume. As anybody listening who is trying to get into the industry but is also applying anywhere else, you know that you have two separate resumes that you send out to people because I started writing about cannabis and ran my own blog for about three years in college, but I wasn't going to put that on the resume when I was applying to a children's museum to do social media in Baltimore, right? which right. I did, did actually apply to. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I bet you <laughs> wish you'd gone to work, go to work for those guys. Hey, it was a cool place. Port Discovery, Baltimore, shout out. Sure. But <laughs> I applied and sent a little like introduction of myself over and said, I've been writing about cannabis for three years. I've been trying to get in the industry. It's difficult on the East Coast. If there's any chance that I could do anything, even if it's not the internship, if it's just freelance oh, writing, you, I'll do that. So you begged. Okay, so here, in all, a right, way. All, right, all right, all right, well, <laughs> Travis said, hey, I'll do anything. I'll sweep the floors, right? Anything. And that's an awesome thing as an employee to say <laughs> is like you will, you will work for the cheapest price to start off just to get your leg in the door. You'll yep. work harder than anybody just to start. Yep. Yeah, and I was at the point when I was applying for jobs, I had said multiple times to my friends that I was at the point where I would take a job picking up like loose trim off the floor in a grow house or something if it meant that I had a job in the industry. That's how desperate I was. So I got really lucky stumbling onto that real dirt ad. So was your was it your the first time you'd looked at a ganja a job site? Uh was it no. the first well, ganja so job you called about? The I uh, no, I definitely applied to some, but the okay. biggest issue now, and I think it's a consistent issue across all these job hiring sites for the industry is that, uh, like 90% of the jobs are either for bud tending or master growers or working in a grow or something like that. And when you're on the East Coast and you're looking at these jobs and it's like looking for a grower in Washington or looking for a grower in Denver. And I remember there were a couple that I applied to where they said like, no experience necessary, we'll train you, you just have to have a willingness to learn. And I applied and was like, I have a willingness to learn, like I'll come out there and do everything, but here's the catch, I happen to be like 2,000 miles away right now. And that was the disqualifier almost every time. All right, that was your, that was your, and you know, I see this all the time, so... All right, so here here would be a tip I'd give people is, you know, apply for a job and be willing and ready and have the resources to move immediately, but just don't tell people you'd live outside the area, right? Like, like you know, if you're going to apply for the job and take the job, then just move there right yeah. away, right? And that's, that's essentially, that's not what, that's kind of what happened. I mean... Okay. Hey, hey, so, all right, let's fast forward a little bit since we're on the okay. subject of moving to Colorado. Yeah. So you, you got the job. We, we, we called you up. You finally progressed a little bit. You, you worked in our organization for a little bit. We gave you a kind of a full-time job and said, Hey man, we want you to move over here. And we have this transition period. You're going to work on the East coast until you can find a place to move over here. How long did it take to find a place so, when you were on the East coast? So while I was looking at all the different jobs I was applying to, I was also at the same time looking at places out here. So I probably started looking for places, hmm, maybe. Looking at places to rent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, looking at right, place, right, I was looking right. at places out here to rent. Before like you got Craigslist. the job with us. Yeah, because oh, okay. I was at the point where I was like, you know what? So you you are you you were already open to moving and then getting a job. Yeah, because I was at the point, like I said, I'm willing to do anything, but obviously I wasn't getting any opportunity when I was applying to these places and I was far away. So I was like, you know what? If I have this experience already, I could just move out to Colorado, get a place if necessary, just get a job as like a bud tender, as a placeholder, 
and then look for something like more serious. Sure, sure. Not that sure. buttending isn't a serious job. We love you people. Yeah. But but no, you're a writer. You're you're a social media person. You yeah. want you you want to work in your chosen. Yeah, and it had been stuff field. that I had been doing for a few years. So I was like, if I have all this experience, I'm not just going to throw that away for whatever job I can get. It was a little bit of a luck stumbling onto like the digital marketing internship. So once I found that and worked through all of that, I think it was actually almost exactly a year ago that I started working remotely. So okay. last November, right. I started working for the Real Dirt and Cultivate from Pennsylvania. So once you got the job, how long did and you and you were si- and you were serious about getting a place? How long did it take you to get a place? So I started the job remotely in November and December eighteenth. I came out to Colorado for the first time and signed a lease on the place. Okay, that was on my birthday, December 18th. It was, yeah, yeah. So the day I signed the lease was the day I met you for the first time because I came to your party at the uh, Larimer Lounge. Oh, that's right. Oh, sweet. Yeah, Yeah, that was a good time. It It was was a good good time, time. yeah, yeah. Okay, so it only it took you six weeks, basically. Well, so I had been looking already before then. Sure, so but I had been after looking you by like, like end of summer, after you were like, you're working with, you're yeah, working and I was over like, now there. it's crunch time. I actually got to find places right. to tour and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I got a few places lined up, checked them out, and then decided. And, and on you the did place. it all online, or when you or you showed up here on the on the 18th and went and looked at a few places. I had all the places lined up for when I came out. So as soon as I came out, mm-hmm. landed, started just going and touring places yeah. and then picked the place. And less than a month later, I was driving out here. So, so you're, you're a young guy, Travis, but you kind of, you've been kind of over the world a little bit. You, you've had some worldly experience. You've lived in a couple other places, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could say that. How, how hard was it to, uh, you know, c- compared to like some of these other places, like how hard was it to get a, get a place in Denver? Denver's one of the more expensive places for housing in general, but considering the other places I was looking at was mainly like Baltimore, Philadelphia, anything other than those two places was most likely going to be more expensive. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't too bad. The hard part is really just digging through all the bullshit, you know, because there's so many listings on Craigslist for houses and rooms for rent and stuff. And then you see it and it's like, oh, this looks great. And then you read the description and it's like the person living there has all these specific requirements for the person moving in. It's like, you can't talk past 9 p.m. You can't smoke unless you're like a block away, like all this random stuff. And (laughs) it made it uh, kind of a pain in the ass to find a place. But I mean, price wise, there's always going to be something in the range you're looking for. Usually it's just not going to be what you right. want you know yeah. and i lucked out finding the place that i'm at now for the rent that i found it at sure yeah so i would say it wasn't really finding a place for the right price that was difficult it was just finding the right place in general you know sure do you have any culture shock when you move from amish country to here <laughs> so what actually inspired me to live in a city in the first place was that I studied abroad in abroad. college. Yeah. I studied abroad, abroad. in college. I Very went to fluent. London. I drank tea every day. London. I do drink tea every day, though, because I like it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I went to London, and living in the city was pretty awesome, just having everything like close by, all the bars, all the clubs, everything like that. Plus, I got to go to Amsterdam. I got to go to Barcelona. I tried to make a point to get weed everywhere I went just to compare. Of course. And it's always an interesting way to see how it, op, you know, like the, I guess the private market operates in these places. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Barcelona has the private clubs. clubs yeah. Right, and Amsterdam right. has the coffee shops. Basically just living in the city, I decided I was probably already thinking about moving to Denver at the time, but living in London was really like the nail in the coffin. It was like, I think I want to just live in a city for a little bit and see what it's like. Because growing up in rural Pennsylvania is miserable. So, <laughs> so first chance Unless I got, like, I was like, like, I'm out. Yeah, no, I mean, it's great if you like like horses and cows and guns. and Yeah, which, you know. I mean, it, it has its uh, niceties, I guess you could call it. You know, people quaint. there. It's quaint. People there are different, you know, you than country. out here. You country. City, I mean, uh, I'm not going to say all city folk, but some city folk are <laughs> not pleasant people, you know. 
Dolly. And at least Denver's like Denver's a pleasant and friendly place. Yeah, there, yeah, for the most part. But at least in the countryside, like if your neighbor's a dick, they're still like five miles away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, good point. Great yeah. point. Great. So no, no cultural shock. You have no cultural <sighs> shock when you got here. Not really. Where I came from was definitely more conservative, but where I went to college was very liberal. So moving to Denver, which is a very liberal city, mm -hmm. wasn't too big of a change. I mean, the biggest culture shock, I guess, would just be the cannabis industry and mm -hmm. not having any access to it on the East Coast and then just getting dropped into it with like free reign to do whatever I wanted, basically. How long did it take you to get your tolerance up? I mean... <sighs> One thing I've always said, and I'm quite proud of, is that no matter how much I smoke, my tolerance stays relatively the same. So I could smoke a couple blunts in a sitting with a group of people and like be super baked. But then also I'll pack a bowl and it'll last me a couple days because I'll pack it like when I get home from work one night, puff on a little bit before I go to bed. And just repeat every day when I'm like I'm hanging out after work, so I'm just smoking that same bowl. So it's only really when like I decide to roll up the random joint here and there. And he still doesn't have his tolerance, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, He's the biggest still... bull. No, I mean you could ask. I mean, ask people to cultivate. You know, they know. Yeah, the <laughs> word is Tuck can't handle his weed. That's not the word. <laughs> <laughs> they test. They tested me out a good bit yeah, when I first yeah. started to cultivate, but I Tuck think don't I, know when to quit. I proved my worth. Yeah. Oh shit! My saying is, you don't say no so to free weed. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. Good, 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 <laughs> good, good saying. I, I, that's one of my my many many say mm. many. So, so you, you've met other people kind of in your position here. Did they have it as easy? Have you met other people that have moved to, directly to Denver to grow? I don't know that I have. So that kind of goes back to the whole issue I was saying with the job boards, where 90% is bud tending and growing positions, where I feel like there's this big like niche, like the one I'm in, like the marketing side of the industry that isn't getting a lot of attention. Hard to advertise and market in the cannabis industry. Yeah, and, and I think the reason that people aren't seeing these jobs is because there aren't people advertising them, yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. Got to make your way. To yeah, yeah. I think if there was a way for people to see the more ancillary jobs that are available in the industry, it would open up the opportunity a lot more because I think people might get a little bit what's the word, like disheartened when they're looking at these job boards and they're like, oh, can't get that job, can't get that job, don't qualify, don't qualify because it's in a different state, whatever, you know, whereas technically the job I do now, I could all do from a computer on my couch, you know? So I think there's a lot of opportunity sure. for lots these. Sure, lots of remote, lots of remote exactly. stuff. We just do it different there. I just, I want everybody to be yeah. a part of the whole Thing. Yeah. And I, I did freelance for a few years. Right. I like being in an office setting a little bit more, just having other people around, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's time and place for freelance and we do plenty of freelance stuff. Yeah. Dirt, yeah. You know? So what's, what's been the biggest challenge since you got in here? The hardest thing? Oh, I mean, advertising. Dealing with me. <laughs> Dealing with you, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> you ha you, we have our days but uh <laughs> dealing with you man the biggest issue a hundred percent is advertising in the cannabis industry oh yeah because it's virtually uh, impossible that's right unless you are a big ass company that has millions of followers in which case facebook will just turn a nice blind eye while you advertise you all you want yeah, yeah totally just trying to find those workarounds and I don't know. I mean, Facebook says they're a progressive platform and cannabis is one of the most progressive movements and somehow they're against that. I don't know. Smells a little bit hypocritical. Yeah, it smells a little bit like weed. <laughs> we can't put that on there. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Buck up, Facebook. Come on. Buck it up, dude. The horse has been beat enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on. Tell everybody to fuck off that you're going to do whatever you want. You're in California anyway. It's not like <laughs> not like anything's going to happen. Come on. You're, Seriously, you're like you're one global of the power. Oh, please. <laughs> hey, Mark. Mark, listen to me. 
Listen to me, Mark. He'll find us. <laughs> you have to talk to him his natural language. Beep, beep. Beep, 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 is it a juxtaposition or a dichotomy? I get them confused. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do social media for The Real Dirt, and then I do social media for Cultivate as well. So on The Real Dirt... CultivateColorado.com. Cultivate Colorado, okay. yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. check it out. New site and everything looks great. But with Real Dirt, I basically have free reign to talk cannabis, post pictures, ganja, et cetera, all that good stuff. Yep. Ganja, Whereas ganja. with Cultivate... Our customers despite. are growing things. <laughs> <laughs> that may not necessarily be tomatoes. Uh, shit, we don't grow tomatoes Amen. anymore. But anyway, running a business that provides hydroponic equipment, nutrients, soil, etc. to a state that has this industry is bound to have customers from that industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The issue, however, is that Due to federal law and banks and stuff, we can't talk about the industry Colorado. on Cultivate yeah, Colorado. That's right. Yeah, right. We don't see cannabis, marijuana, ganja, nothing to that. It's all just Cultivate Colorado. Yeah, we're equipment. just helping people Gavitas, grow plants, whatever Gavitas, plants you're growing. Grower soil. Yeah, but I like to think yeah. uh, the people who know know. Yeah, 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 and it's tough. It's a really tough position to be at that, to be able to... And we do really well. Cultivate Colorado is, you know, one of the largest stores in the country, third in the nation. Supposedly that makes us the biggest in Colorado. Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to sell and advertise stuff by not saying what we're selling and advertising. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't yep. make it difficult. Well, yeah. I know it's been like a learning a new language, but uh, you've done well at adapting and... Uh, if we can just get you uh, dressing more Colorado in, then you'll probably just fit in perfect. I got to, yeah, you might, <laughs> you just got to fill me in on what that means. You know, you don't like, have a puffy jacket, dude. You got to get a puffy jacket. Because I hate those jackets. You, you, you got to get a so, puffy jacket. I mean, no offense to anybody who wears them, including you. He's trying, I know to, you wear he's them. trying to get a beard. He's trying to grow a beard. I actually I trimmed it. <laughs> I've been I've been growing this uh, little peach baby, fuzz here baby, for baby probably face Travis. Yeah, baby face Travis. This is gangster name. Yeah, <laughs> I think the last time I shaved might have been like early October, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm running a nice peach fuzz slash. Not all right, all right. we're just gonna jacket. stop it right there. All right, well, hey, hey, th <laughs> <Off track. laughs> hey, hey thanks, Travis, man. I, I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, look, uh, look more from stuff coming from Travis. Yeah, and I guess for people out there who are like, oh, well, I'm also in this crappy state and I can't find any jobs, uh, you can do what I did and just start your own job, which I tried to do my freshman year of college with my blog, Best Buds blog. You can see the remnants of it still. It's up. But uh, that, I think, I owe a lot of credit to helping me get into the industry because if I didn't have those three years of writing experience, I probably wouldn't have gotten that real dirt job in the first yeah, place. Totally, dude. Make your own path, yep. bro. And Blaze it. Otherwise, Blaze it. just keep looking because the jobs are there. They're just really hard to find. But if you dig, you'll find something. They're out there, dude. Just apply to everything. You're going to get rejected by almost everybody, but eventually somebody take, will give you the chance. Only takes one. Yep. And here I am, so if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. Pleasure. That was Travis, number one social media contact there at The Real Dirt. Often if you're talking to us, you're talking to him. So if you got any comments, remarks, or questions, uh, yeah, just text Travis. Travis The Real Dirt. Instagram, I love it. Travis The Real Dirt. Comment on the Instagram. Comment below. 
So, uh, you know, many states, the states we've talked about so far have been both recreational and medicinal. And, and there are several states that are medicinal only, such as Maryland. Maryland's medical marijuana program has three licenses that you can apply for. State growers, processors, and a dispensary license. However, Maryland does not have any restrictions over working in the cannabis industry. And, and you pretty much anybody can apply for a job in either a grow operation, a processors, or a dispensary environment. So uh, quite a few places in Maryland just starting up. Cultivate Colorado has helped many people start their operations up over there. So yeah, if you're in Maryland and looking for a job, it's actually pretty easy. Ohio. While the licensing for cultivation, testing, processing, and dispensaries have all been assigned in Ohio, it is still possible to work in the Ohio medical industry. Ohio is one of these states that released a limited number of licenses, and they've already been issued, and the businesses are up and operational. And if you want to get a job, then uh, it's pretty easy in Ohio because there is no base requirements or badge required to work in Ohio dispensary. However, like other states, most dispensaries that are hiring are looking for the most qualified candidates in cannabis. Uh, so, yeah, get educated and certified. If you go work in one cannabis operation of any size or any at any job, it will help you qualify to get a job in the other side of the industry. Most people that become growers and work in grow rooms start out as trimmers. If you want to be a grower... You got to start out on the bottom, you know, which are the laborers, the trimmers, the bud tenders, and just tell everybody you want to want to move into uh, growing weed. Illinois. Illinois is just like Ohio, and it doesn't require any certification to work. So, uh, yeah, if you want to go work in the industry in Illinois, it's pretty easy to do. Just find an operation and uh, apply. Michigan. Michigan is another one of these great states that has zero requirements for getting a job. Now, some of the some of the counties may ban felons from working in the cannabis industry, but mostly anyone can get a job in Michigan. And keep an eye out for the recreational industry that should be starting in the next year. Florida. Florida is one of the fastest medical growing cannabis communities in the country. This means there's a lot of opportunity in the state. Florida's a huge population and lots of people smoke ganja in Florida. A benefit for applying to the Florida industry is that there are no requirements in Florida to work in the cannabis industry. So pretty much anybody can go there and get a job. doesn't matter if you want to be a bud tender or a grower or an extractor. There's opportunities there. Yeah, man. You blaze your own path. You make your own way. And in Florida is one of those places you can do that. Now, there are many other states uh, that have legal cannabis. And if you've got any information from those states, if you're working in any of those states, drop us a line at The Real Dirt Podcast. Drop us a line on Instagram. We'd love to chat with you about it. You know, we'd love to hear about what, what you kind of do in what cannabis industry. Right now, Missouri, Oklahoma... North Dakota, like, you know, Utah, so many places are opening up in the cannabis industry. It's literally growing every single day. And if you want to be a part of it, man, now's your time. Like, grab a hold of it, dude. Like, it is the time. Like, get your stuff together, start applying for a job. And, man, really, you, you might just have to get up and move to a state like Colorado or California or Oregon or Washington or Massachusetts or Florida and, and just look for that right opportunity and be a go-getter, you know, uh, be professional, write a resume, talk about all of your other interests other than just cannabis. And remember, remember the number one thing that almost every grower out there says or believes is they're the best grower. Do not put that on your resume at all. Don't put that on there. Try to be a little bit more humble, but precise in, in saying all of your requirements. It's a great community to be involved in. Once you become involved in it, you, it's it's really small knit community, especially in 
you know, well, all over the U.S., man, all over the U.S. Somebody knows somebody that knows somebody in every single operation or every single state, it seems. So if you're really interested in getting a job, absolutely go for it. If you've even thought about it, man, absolutely go for it. There's plenty of ground level jobs and, you know, there's there's also some upper level jobs, too, man. Don't don't think it's just trimmers and growers like, you know, many of these businesses are hundred million dollar, 50 million dollar businesses. They need CEOs, CFOs, marketing people. They need bill keepers. They need security guards. You know, they need processes. They need HR people. They need inventory control people. They need receiving shipping people. They, they, I mean, it's a business, man, a manufacturing business, and it needs all levels of employees. If you're interested, then there's probably a job for you. So thank you for joining this episode of The Real Dirt. I appreciate your time. If you like this episode or... Would like to hear others? Please download us at the iTunes, The Real Dirt Podcast, or go directly to our website, therealdirt.com. So if you're not working in the weed industry and want to work in the weed industry, you can work in the weed industry. You just got to apply, go to one of these states. It's easy to get a job in, and, and you can do it. So remember all, above all, stay high, and we're out. Thanks again for joining me at The Real Dirt I appreciate the time. I know everyone out there is hustling and bustling and working hard on having a good time or making things happen. So, you know, I really do appreciate you listening. And, you know, I really appreciate all of the the responses I get from people. I got a response from uh, this guy, Luke, we worked with in the past on some equipment over uh, the podcast and how much you enjoyed it thanks luke i know you're out there maybe you're listening to it today but uh you know sometimes i just feel like i'm babbling into the microphone and to have people communicate with me and send us emails and log on to our instagram account and comment like it, it really does mean a lot i feel like we're doing a great job so if you are interested in downloading other episodes please go to itunes and subscribe to the real dirt podcast you can also check us out on facebook as well as at our own website therealdirt.com so in your spare time when you're doing nothing but smoke out check out one of our episodes real dirt podcast and hey if you've got something you want to hear about let me know that's how this episode came about as many people were like how do i get the job in the cannabis industry so i said okay i'll put out an episode and here it is so thanks once again for joining me I hope you stay high until you hear me next time.